This is the Balancing Act by Security Compass, your guide to going fast while staying safe in today's digital world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast today. We have with us our guest, Tony Corrado. Thank you, Tony, for being with us once again. My pleasure. Great. So, Tony, uh, there's a, a lot of discussion today in the industry around uh, product, uh, hardware products specifically, and, and IoT and security, and, and how we might be able to go in and, and kind of reconcile these two different domains. So I'd like to start the conversation today based on your perspective, Tony. What are you seeing as the top security challenges with creating this IoT and, and hardware product ecosystem you know, with security? So one of the challenges is standards are still emerging. The US government has uh, required NIST to produce some things and they have, but we're not quite at the level where someone can put a, um, a measuring stick against uh, products and tick them off as compliant or non-compliant. It's not there yet. Mm -hmm. uh, a second thing is the realization that um, the people that think about IT security in an organization may not even be connected to the uh, IOT discussion. A lot of that's out in the operational OT world as opposed to the IT world. And in the OT world traditionally has not had the folks that, uh, that really think about hackers in that same vein. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one of the issues. So there are some things that are important to think about. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them are really, if, if you're a, an accountable executive, then you're, you're really what you're wanting to do is make sure that your engineering teams, if you're a producer, are thinking about these things. And if you are someone who's a consumer of these kinds of devices that you're asking questions about this. So one of the first is, you, know, you have to think about the fact that uh, these devices are out in, you might say the wild in many, many cases. Now, there are certainly going to be things like manufacturing devices that are managed, which sit in a hopefully reasonably secure factory setting, but even those are not necessarily protected at the level that some people might think. Uh, manufacturing lines are not inside bank vaults. Then if you go further, there are lots of IOT devices out in the world. Uh, example, and a really noted expert on this is Bruce Schneier, who talks about the fact that a uh, a car is not a uh, driving machine that contains some computers. It's a network that happens to have things like engines and wheels. Um, so they're out lots of places. Another example, uh, things like smart meters. Uh, I've worked with one uh, utility that, you know, when you start talking millions of meters, uh, they've been out. It takes years to even deploy those. But they're out there. And, and again, the IT system gets in. So number one, assume that the devices are not physically secure 
in most cases. So you have to allow for that. Uh, you do see cases where um, a device is instrumented such that it is intended to report if it's been breached. Even there, you don't wanna to be totally trusting of that. Um, the next thing is data moving from those devices. Uh, and again, this is at an executive level, you need to be asking these questions. How will the data that's moving around be secure? How will we know it's coming from where we think it's coming? And you know, we're going to see, and we'll talk about this a tiny bit later when we talk about trends, more efforts to protect that. Um, another is a lot of these devices are plugged into uh, other parts of a physical slash electronic slash information ecosystem. And anytime you start connecting things, the connections are always to be suspect. And you know, in some cases, the devices are out there have been there for a very long time, maybe even decades. So again, if, uh, if a, an organization is producing these, they should assume that much of the rest of the ecosystem they plug into won't be secure and think about how you're gonna protect that. And if you're consuming, again, you have to say, well, what have I got that's out there and how, how am I gonna deal with the fact it's inherently somewhat insecure? Another one is um, devices almost inevitably need periodic updating certainly today, um, that update mechanism needs to be set up to be secure in and of itself. Do you know where the update is coming from if you're the end device? Um, can you validate it? Now, if you think about updating your smartphone, it does things like attempts to validate and tries to be sure and usually does it pretty well that it's getting its update from a known and trusted source. But, um, Lots of instrumentation and control systems are still getting into that space. So as I said, if you're an executive accountable with these things, I would ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Another one is um, one of the most common ways people crack open systems is the password that's provided with the device, published in a manual, probably available online. Um, with no requirement that it be changed on installation. At a very minimum, you'd wanna protect yourself with disclaimers in the documentation that firmly instruct consumers to change these. Ideally, you can do better and force a change programmatically when it's installed, but you can't always do that. Mm -hmm. So those would all be things to think about. That's really interesting. You touched on a number of different things there, Tony. Standards are still emerging. Uh, the assumption that these devices are not secure, uh, thinking about data moving through these devices, um, password protection. So let me let me drive a little bit deeper here. What can a security team do to help now de-risk these kinds of security challenges in this environment? So there are a couple of things. One is I think when you have to consider that things go into an ecosystem, that's really a place for standards. So I would ask a security team, are you tracking standards? Are you participating in standards development? For example, are you thinking about from the point of view of product you're building, what do I need in the standards so that A, I don't get blowback on me if something bad happens and B, I don't get something that's really absurd to try and conform to. 
Mm-hmm. So I would say standards, get involved if at all possible. Not everybody can, but the, you have to think about that from a risk point of view too. Are my risks greater for not being involved in the standards process or not? And if you aren't for resource constraints or otherwise able to be involved, okay. Are you at least tracking them? That's generally something you can do at low or no cost. So that's one thing. Second, security really should not be an afterthought in development uh, of an IoT device. It shouldn't be an afterthought in procurement of an IoT device. So one of the ways you, you deal with that is people tend to talk about something called a security architecture, which tends to describe how you're going to do security. And it's different for a product than an enterprise. But one of the things I would ask is, again, if I'm an executive and my name's going to be splashed in the press when something bad happens, I'd say to my engineering team, can you show me your security architecture? And uh, I talk to a lot of architects. I tell them, your job is to make complicated issues understandable not make understandable issues overcomplicated. So as an executive, if you can't explain it to me, I'm afraid my first thought is gonna be, you don't understand it very well yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to accept that now we have to dive into technical details, but at an appropriate level, it should be explainable. So first of all, there's an existence proof. Second, there's an understandability proof. Um, And if you are on a consuming side, I would say, I want to conform to the organization's approved security architecture, same thing, show it to me. I'm a procurement guy, I'm used to dealing with complicated things, but they're probably not your complicated things. I'm willing to take it on, but show it to me. And if I can't work through it by myself, we're gonna have to work on it together till we can understand it because both of us need to protect the organization. Yeah, that's really interesting on the assurance side and making sure that uh, <clears throat> we're not trying to introduce, um, you know, some some additional risk even as we go through this and, and consider how we might be able to secure uh, the this particular piece of hardware or equipment. Uh, so l- let's let's kind of project outwards then. So we started talking about where our challenges are. We've talked about some of the things that a security executive can take a look at and say, you know, here are some, at least a couple of areas that we can focus on. Looking forward now, Tony, what are your thoughts in terms of security trends that you see around this space of IoT and hardware product? Okay, so a few things. Um, first of all, the capabilities of the devices are growing. You know, you can't buy one of these with, say, 64K or 640K or whatever of memory. That used to be the chips were very constrained from a power consumption standpoint, from the processing, um, from the memory in them. Uh, that Those constraints are still there, but they've moved out a lot. Uh, a device most people tend to know a lot about is either a smartwatch or a smartphone. I think about the minimum memory you can put in one of those today is 64 gigs, um, you know, that's a big change. Mm -hmm. So there's more capability there. The problem with that is people tend to use it in ways that sometimes are a little sloppy. So that leaves places that an attacker can get to. Another thing that's going to come with that more capability and is already coming along is um, 
more and more uh, emphasis on edge computing. Edge computing is not great for solving things across a bunch of connection points, but it's really good at dealing with uh, small numbers of connections that come back to a nodal point. Again, you're talking about now generally, in fact, they are general purpose computing devices, which implies all the issues you see in those. But that's an area that's important. Um, as I mentioned, we're hoping security isn't a, oh yeah, we'll add that later kind of situation. That's mm -hmm. really very hard to do successfully if you don't start thinking security early. Um, I think another thing we're going to see um, is we're starting to see more deployments of technologies like blockchain intended to protect a chain, if you will, of um, transactions or transmissions uh, from edges to enterprise. So you have some, I know where this came from, I know where it's going, I can trust it. Um, the importance of IoT is becoming more and more visible at senior levels in organizations. One simple example, not simple perhaps, but understandable is um, the drive for more renewable energy is pushing um, more smart meters into the field. Uh, people often think that those are very widely deployed and the reality is there are places in the US, Texas is a good example where there's a lot of them. There are a bunch of places where that's not true. So you're gonna be adding in just one industry, but it touches almost everyone, literally millions of intelligent devices that one hopes are well protected. People have generally tried hard to keep those from uh, being hackable in the sense of change the reading so my electric bill's lower, but um, it's still an intelligent device. So we're gonna see more devices. We need to pay more attention when we're building them to security early. We need to recognize there are a number of steps along this path from the edge, the end device to the edge computing to aggregation points and databases in clouds and then ultimately into enterprises. That's great, wonderful. Tony, thank you very much for your insightful comments, your thoughts around IoT, hardware and security. Really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. You're welcome, it's my pleasure. Want to learn about what Security Compass has to offer? Check out securitycompass.com slash demo for a free demo today. Want more of the Balancing Act? Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts for more episodes.